Welcome to the family with Hackmaster Ralph W. Basham, MD. Alex Brandt Bernard Rasmussen. Co host Catherine Brandt. And Andy Brandt Bernard. We will be right back, kick off hour two with the family. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer is rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? Well, the latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? And I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. A little Rhiannon for you. I always did like this band, i got to be honest. Except for that USC march thing. I hated that. What? Higa Waga, Huga Waga. Remember that song? It was terrible. But she could sing. No doubt about it. Or she can sing, I guess, a better way to put it. Uh, so, we have a guest coming up in about uh, in, the, in the second part of Hour 2. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that. Um, so what else? Everything so is good. What else? No, I'm just asking people if they have anything on their mind that could bring it up at this particular juncture, or we could move on talking about how I crazy people have <clears throat> questions about questions. fitness watches. Yeah, what about anybody? Let's talk about them. Okay, I have an, so I have an Apple Watch. I've, I found this Garmin laying around, brand Ooh, new. Garmin. So I started wearing it. Mm-hmm. Does it? I thought you had to tell it that you were going to go for a bike ride. Nope. Or take a spin class or well, do any sort of... You don't have to tell them, but, it, but it, well, it'll keep better track if you do. I thought... I don't know. Because I, I I, I've been riding um, an indoor bike, and it never tracked it before. But today, it, it said Garmin bike ride on my oh, app yeah. maybe oh so you would be. so you've been tracking it and then today you forgot Is well i saying? usually just add it as a workout yeah. like i just add the miles and the yeah uh, yeah so, how, so now today be, it was just on there so it might like know your pattern mm-hmm. or know like oh she worked out for this long burn this many calories this is what she's done before because like my watch i forgot to set it once and it was like did you like run for 40 minutes or whatever and yeah. i was like oh yeah because i like i out. run every monday and thursday for 40 minutes well, like, like running it's like you know if your arms are moving and your heart rate yeah. goes up yeah. you're probably running and then if, if your arms aren't moving and your heart rate goes up you're probably on a bike i know yeah. that every or time like, melissa oh. mows the okay. lawn it thinks she rides a bike because oh, her, her arms are stationary, yeah. Yeah. but, you know, she's oh, yeah. going back and forth. Uh, yeah. Yep. Well, go. and, but like, heart rate goes I up. take a spin, okay. or I take a hit class every Wednesday, and I'm sure if I forgot to put it in, it would, like, yeah. see my heart rate going up and down, and then it would ask me if I took the class, you know, mm-hmm. just because it, okay. it knows. Well, this is like a, this is an, the, the oldest 
Garmin watch on their website. So I, I didn't think that this thing would have that kind of capability. But well, there you I go. Don't know. Well, well, speaking of the om- omniscient internet and omniscient devices, we had a very interesting experience on our trip to Turks and Caicos. We were leaving Atlanta, and in Atlanta, you checked into the plane to go to Turks and Caicos by facial recognition. Yeah, oh, I've seen yeah. that before, yeah. too. Do you have clear? Yep. What's that? Do you have clear? No. Oh, this is something other than clear. This is so... No, that, oh. that's to get into the airplane, right? Yeah. From get, the gate. So, so you, ha- you had yep. a printed boarding pass. Said, oh, no, we don't want that. We're just going to do facial recognition. So even though you don't think that facial recognition is ubiquitous in America like it is in China, it's yeah. ubiquitous in America because they got mm-hmm. the facial recognition not from me voluntarily. Yeah. They got it from the government. Oh. They said that you could Weird. opt out, though. If you didn't want to no. do it, they said no, there you was could. No opting oh, out. on this plane. Well, no, everybody, really? it's in there. Like, you're in there. No, but this, this, but <laughs> oh, this, yeah. is, this was creepy because I didn't look at the camera. I looked down and away from the camera and said, oh, yeah, you're on. It is a wow. bizarre. Weird. It was a weird deal. So the big brother is here. I know. And I healthy. have I have clear and TSA pre-check and stuff because it's like with kids, it just makes it easier. And I forgot my wallet when we went to Florida, and mm-hmm. it didn't matter because I had clear. Yep. Well, on the way there, on the way back, it did because that airport didn't have clear. But um, they. So many people are like, you know, oh, don't do clear because then they'll have your face and your iris and your blah, 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 or whatever. license, they've got your face. Yeah, and I'm like, they have, your fingerprints are all over everything and like, whatever. You know, it's, you're, it's unavoidable. The only thing, (laughs) the only thing you're giving up is that iris scan and... Yeah, that facial recognition, yeah, that bothered me. That bothered me a lot. Like, oh, man, yeah, because you was... didn't sign up for it. Like, that's it real. No, that is weird. Oh, you can use my facial recognition. Mm-hmm. There was no approval. It said, this is what we're going to do. It, yeah. was, it, was, it was sort of by fiat. They decide, this yeah. is what we're doing. Just by fiat. I, I was really troubled by that. That, is, that is really that weird. That. Yeah, just like, oh, we're scanning your face now. All the time. It's also no, weird time. that that happened in an airport in a small island, you know. Oh, no, 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 no it happened in Atlanta. Going, I'm sorry, going out of Atlanta. We're uh, flying out of Atlanta. We're flying out of Atlanta. Out of Atlanta. Yeah, we are. Maybe that'll happen to us. Oh, I wonder. But we're only going to Key West. We're not going to. Well, yeah, you're country. fine. Yeah, basically. It is when I'm there. <laughs> no, it's a foreign <laughs> land. Yeah. I can't believe you're not coming, you pill. Hey, I'm going to back to Turks and Caicos. Yeah, he's spending all his time in Turks and Caicos. Who is coming? Yeah, you and Doug's you not and Chesky. Chesky's yeah, not coming. Yeah, not coming either. No. no, no, I think he's going to Mexico Sugar or something. Tit he's all going to some way. island. Uh, some island with his wife's ex-husband. So Doug's not coming. Michael Bryant's not coming. Dan Chesky's not coming. Doctor Pete Lawyer's coming though. Doctor Pete's going to be there, oh, yeah. so that'll be he good. He likes to fish. That's are the Bilskis coming? to go fish, fishing. Man. Well, he's going. What's that? Are the Bilskis coming? I think the Bilskis are coming. Yep, Bilskis are coming. Are the Absolutely. Saber people coming? They came last year. Uh, yes. yes, Steve's coming. <laughs> Steve They're and leaving a day early so they can go to the Daytona 500 or something. Exactly. Oh. So that's cool. Okay, I got some bad news for people who have written a book in the last hundred years. Oh no, Andy. Mm. Nobody cares. <laughs> Oh, I, I don't believe that in the slightest. You ready? Okay, well, here we go. Here are the New York City Public Library, okay? New York Public Library's 10 most popular books. You ready? Oh, they're all classics. These are the 10 most popular books. The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Ah! Wow. How old is that? Uh, it's like 40 years old. How old is that? That's not that old. 40 years old, isn't it? About That's 40, not that isn't old. it? Yeah. Ish, yeah. It's pretty old. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Wow. What, about 30 years old? Not, no. 20, maybe. Yeah, it came out when I was, yeah, like 10. Okay, 20. Okay, then this next one's going to set you off a little bit. How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Wow. <laughs> Are you kidding? Wow. What? What was that book? Was that book like 110 years old? <laughs> what? No, How old is that, is that a book? Popular the 50s? book. I'm wondering uh, how to win from a self-help book from 1936. Oh my huh? God! Weird. Wow. What a weird book. That's phenomenal. I'm to have to be popular. Years old. That's got to be like a school thing. Nope. Yeah, something. This is the New York City Public Library. Well, but I mean, like, oh, but I mean, yeah, the like kids are going to go to the library to get a book for free. So this is what the homeless oh, people are, are reading. <laughs> yeah, maybe. How yeah, to maybe. not be homeless? <laughs> number seven. You ready for number seven? I'm ready. 
Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. Oh, really? Oh, what, what was that book written in 1955? About that. I had to read that in high school, and I, I didn't. <laughs> I like read the first couple chapters, and I'm like, nope, not doing this. Yeah, it's not a fun book. <laughs> Just like, no. no way am I reading this. Number six, Charlotte's Web. That's 100 years old, isn't it? Yeah, probably. They keep remaking it, though. It, yeah. Okay, here's one that's got really relatively new. To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Jeez. Lee. Yeah. That's a These are the thing. ten most popular books yeah. in New York City. Well, a lot of those are like classic. I mean, like no, Charlotte's Web and Very Hungry Caterpillar are very classic children's books. Yeah. Like right, if I didn't own, I have two copies of the if Very Hungry Caterpillar. I thought you were going to say, if I didn't own two children. <laughs> if I didn't own two children, yes. I, I would. Know. Know. Go and them. we go to the library all the time. We get library books constantly. I get some bad news for uh, people, though. To Kill a Mockingbird has been pulled from a lot of school uh, libraries because of the because way the black it's... man is treated in it. Yeah. So they pulled it from a lot, whole, a lot, a lot of, of different libraries. No, the point that's is... the whole point of the book, but they don't like it. Yeah, the point, of, and he's vindicated. That's yeah, no, he's yeah. vindicated. The whole point. He, he gets he gets uh, found guilty. Yeah. That's, oh. that's the downer. Does he really? They actually, he he made a sequel. Or wait, Harper Lee. Is that a man or a woman? Harper Lee. It's a woman. It's a woman. It's a, she so. used it as that was her name because she yeah. was like people might think I'm a man if I. Uh, yeah. Well, who is your next door neighbor? The sequel uh, is about how Atticus is like you know distraught over the fact that he lost the case and you know he's a shell of oh, a man, etc. Okay. Et so. So who was Harper Lee's? Uh, who was her, her next door neighbor when he was a little boy? Yeah, we had someone on, didn't we, about that? Yes, and yeah. I don't remember. Not Mr. Rogers. Truman Capote. Oh, oh, oh really? Truman Capote. Wow. Matter of fact, the little boy, what is his name? Scout? Scout. Scout, yeah. That is Truman Capote. She wrote She wrote I Scout knew that. based on Truman Capote. <sighs> Many people didn't know that. Mm. Um, Her, where the wild oh. things are by Marie Sendak. Oh. That's pretty damn old, That's too, isn't old. it? That's absolutely a classic. I love that book so much. 1984 by George Orwell. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) This is unbelievable. What this means to me is that nobody's written a book worth reading any longer because even the schools are assigning books that are 100 years old. It's like, God, isn't there anything to read? It's too bad because, you know, they pulled from a lot of libraries. They have pulled uh, J.D. Salinger. (sighs) Because and F. Scott Fitzgerald from some because F. Scott no you have to remember he wrote those books a hundred years ago or almost but he drops the big N in his books a lot yeah well, so they yanked them out of the library Mark, libraries Mark Twain as well I've Mark been riding Twain a Lillian. Peloton bike and the music has the big N in it oh I mean, a lot yeah, of the Peloton, Peloton yeah. music yeah. Oh, yeah. why is it okay why is it okay I don't know I just don't when get is it. it okay it seems like it's okay sometimes. I don't know why they would do that if most people riding a Peloton are going to be white people. Why would they do that? Well, we don't know that, do we? Ooh. Yes, we do. Uh, I think we can glean the demographics. Well, well, yeah, I'm just talking about the fact that 84% of the population is not black. More than that. That's what I'm saying. The, the black yeah. po- What is that? I think black people are like 14. It's like it hovers oh, between it 10 and 14%. Oh, does it? Okay. Yep. So let's go 14%. That means 86% of people likely to ride a Peloton are white people. Yeah. Or not, are non-black people. Not yeah. white people, but non-black people. Oh. So why would you want the big end dropping out there when 86% of the people listening to it are not black? Because that's the current music. That's but what people listen to. But it's disgusting to use that word. Not in rap, apparently. Oh no, I've no, never understood Catherine, it. you're not listening to that music. You're being given that music. You're being fed that music. You're not listening. You're not yeah, choosing not, to listen to no. that music. No. No, that's, that's right. And I'm not that's listening true. to it like hard or whatever. I'm just kind of like every once in a while I'm like, wait, did they just say what I thought they said? Yeah, when I went to hey, is it okay if – go ahead. When I went to Lifetime, it was pretty much all rap. It wasn't explicit oh, rap, God. but they often – yeah. Ugh. It was like the uh, – what do you call it? Like what genre would you call turn down for what? It's like, you know, hype rap. Trap. Yeah, exactly. That kind of stuff. Where it's like What's it's trap? rap, but it's more electronica yeah. and more... Trap is like, yeah, like electronic dance music mixed with rap. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much all they oh, play at Lifetime. 
I thought trap was when I had to listen to rap music. <laughs> I hate that music so much I can't even tell you. It's the most disgusting garbage in history. It sure is. Why? Because it complete there's no it takes no talent to do it. Oh, he's got good rhymes. Ooh, that's a bitch to rhyme words, really? Oh god, it's and I would I would almost guarantee you that ninety percent of people that buy that music are, are white boys. Yeah, definitely. B O Y Z. They do. Thank you. I have to say, now that I've been listening to more rap because I've been writing the, <laughs> been writing the now that I'm very got, involved in the rap scene. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, and you know it's uh, it's in the gym. I didn't buy a Peloton, right. but um, there's actually some rap that isn't. It's kind of like uplifting and good messaging. Well, so I don't know who is, they are. They yeah. say on the little screen who the artist is, but I don't remember. California either. loves a good rap song because it's about well, being proud of where you're from. I will. So I when I was a dancer did hip hop classes and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. there's definitely. There's something about certain rap music that just like kind of, you know, gets you excited and like it's just a little more motivation y yeah. like for the Peloton or like certain things because just there's like a certain beat and the quickness of it I think has something to do with like why it's so popular in exercise. Well, yeah, there's exceptions to everything and that includes, you know, every genre has some uplifting songs and it has some garbage songs. Yeah. Well, it's also the music of your generation. I mean, rap started when you were a teenager or preteen. Yeah. Really. Mm -hmm. All I know is I'm on the Peloton. I want to hear Black Buddy by Ram Jam. I'm sure you could what find you it. You probably could. Sure you oh, could find Brad it. Bitty. There's Ram, so lamb. many. I'm so jealous. I wish I you know, had the, a... The first uh, lowbrow song that I'm aware of, let's see if you can guess who wrote it. It's called Lick Me in the Ass. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> uh, Wait. It's written by your, your Wolfgang son just said... Amadeus Mozart. What? Lick Me in the Ass by Mozart? Yep. What? He wrote what? a song. What? What's happening? He's a rap star? <laughs> what? It's true. What? Whoa. How da, and da, what? Da, 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 you can da, look da, it up. Lick me on the butthole. Is, what? Was it a, was it a joke? <laughs> I'm confused. Uh, well, I mean, oh, yeah. God. It was, it was oh, like God. he wrote it like to play at a party with his friends to, you know. Be funny. Oh, be a smart ass. You know, you know, oh. The friends does he have? What? Yeah, jeez. No, no one... <laughs> No one talks about the back room kind of dealings or the drugs or the alcohol or the parties that went on with these oh, God, uh, sponsored sure. masters. Yeah. And when, you know, some royal guy oh, says, yeah. hey, why don't you, why don't you do a little uh, party music for us here, uh, Amadeus? And he goes, oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be there? Oh, you know, Jimmy's going to be there. Jane's going to be there. Oh, yeah, we'll have a fun time. What are we going to do? Oh, we got a little mushrooms. we got some stuff. Yeah. Is my laudanum <laughs> dealer going to be there? Yeah, that's right. There you go. Laudanum. <laughs> God. <laughs> Uh, we got to take a break here, but uh, last two would be Cat in the Hat's number two, but the number one book, Ezra Jack Keats, The Snowy Day, which is purportedly the very first book to star an African-American boy. Fun, I'm sure of that. Fun loves Snowy Day. We love Snowy Day. It's a oh, very, so it's a very sweet, like easy, simple, it's really, oh, it's yeah, a cute. Oh, yeah, I remember it's, that. It's a very cute little book. Yeah. Number one book. That's all you need to know, brothers and sisters. That's really it's, <laughs> Thank you for that. We'll be right back. Special guest up next with the family. Tom Bernard here, and with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website that one of your bankers has worked with a customer for more than 30 years. It's a long time for any business relationship. Is that common? Not only 30 years, but two generations. Our great client, Northland Fastening Systems. 30 years is definitely not common for a lot of bankers, but Brad has developed a relationship with that trusted customer that has allowed them to show steady growth every year they've been together. Building the relationship of trust is what we do best. It allows us to make quick deals that benefit them and all of our business customers. The cool thing is that it gives us a chance to be more than your banker, hopefully a partner, and maybe even a friend. I have never liked you, by the way. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience? Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Thanks, friend. And you are? Real nice. (laughs) Chuck Knobloch. (laughs) Chuck Knobloch. If you're one of those folks out there still putting up with contact lenses or dealing with glasses, think just for a moment. 
What would it be like to wake up to a clear morning and experience your day with all the freedom LASIK brings? Well, I'm living proof. That dream can come true. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With the new year right around the corner, it's time to set your sights on 2020 vision. Get $500 off LASIK through the end of the year at Whiting Clinic. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contacts, then it's time for you to find out if you're a candidate for LASIK. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com for your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Imagine 2020, buy 2020, and let 2020 be your best year yet with $500 off LASIK at Whiting Clinic. Offer expires December 31st, 2019. Both eyes only cannot be combined. Results may vary. Oh, yeah, it's going to be sunny and 30 today, isn't it? Whoop! Mm, Gotta take the dogs for a nice long walk. Quite a nice long, dirty walk. Get ready to wash them. Oh, that's why I've got big boots. There you go. Is Maria ready to go? Why, yes. Maria Mayor, how are you? Hello, how are you? I'm doing extremely well. Things are good. Uh, I have to ask you one question because I, I, I read the descriptor for your book, but I have to ask you one question. Okay? Uh-huh. Do your parents know you referred to them as overprotective Cuban immigrants? <laughs> <laughs> yep. They are most definitely proud Cuban immigrants who are overprotective. <laughs> There's nothing in the description that is inaccurate. Yeah, and they can't deny it, right? That's a good thing, isn't it? You want overprotective parents, don't you? You know what's great about it is that while my mom was overprotective and didn't really want me to go running around in the jungles everywhere, she would, in, in a very <laughs> Cuban style, iron my field pants before I left for the field. And so I knew she had Aww. to. That was her way of See, that's, wow. one, that's wonderful. I just didn't want to mention very quickly. the house all creased when you're leaving for the jungle. <laughs> no, that's right. No creasing. Catherine, my lovely wife, uh, who's with, with us here today, she and I went to Cuba in February. God, their country. Would you consider it to be, you know, uh, so both your parents grew up in Cuba? So my dad is from Madrid, and my mom grew up in Cuba. And I was oh, okay. here for right. the first time uh, about four years ago. And Loved it. it's a it's an amazing place. I mean, I definitely felt the, the human warmth and the vibrancy and everything else. Mm-hmm. But as I said to my husband... It, it's sort of like if Russia and Africa had a child, that was sort of the vibe there. Um, there's still so much, um, you know, sort of the, the architecture, which is really stunning, but so much of it is mm-hmm. dilapidated. I mean, it's still it is, yeah. going through a lot of hardship. Yep. Yes. We absolutely love the people, uh, Mariah. I just want to tell you, we love the people. They were could not have been more friendly. Just tremendous time. So... I would say to people, They're if you get a chance amazing. to go to Cuba, definitely go. They're great people. They really are really yeah, nice people. I agree. They'll just kiss you. I mean, I would say Yeah, that, they give you a kiss. That's right. <laughs> 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 Ladies and gentlemen, Expedition Bigfoot on Travel Channel. New episodes Sundays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central Time. So, an elite team of Sasquatch specialists. Now, wait a minute. You didn't go hunt for Sasquatch wearing creased pants, did you? Oh, no, absolutely not. That's now a lifelong Good. habit that my pants have to be nice and, you know, <laughs> and straight. Uh, and I'm definitely good. not a Sasquatch expert. <laughs> I wasn't even a Bigfoot enthusiast when I went out there, but it was truly an, an amazing, really amazing expedition. Oh, we want to hear about it. So you went to Oregon, right? That's right. Um, we were We set off to a spot that the data analyst suggested as the hot spot because of the number of sightings and, and recent sightings and frequency, and it was the right time to go that would increase or maximize the chances of uh, running into a Bigfoot. I mean, as you know, most people go in after a sighting, and this was sort of trying to beat him to it. And so it was, it was a really data-driven way to pinpoint dislocation. And once we were there, I knew that we had hit upon something special because I've, I've run around the, the woods and jungles all over the world, and I always feel incredibly comfortable 
as comfortable as I am in a city. And this place just felt different. It was almost from the get-go that it, it, it had this this weird feeling of being watched that was very tangible, but you couldn't quite put your finger on it. But it was a constant feeling, which I now, you know, I, I've been told is not uncommon. Uh, but anyhow, this feeling of being watched, uh, that, that was something that really stood out for me from the very beginning. That is wonderful. So we talked about the TV show, Expedition Bigfoot on Travel Channel, Sundays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central Time, but also a book, Pink Boots and a Machete, My Journey from NFL Cheerleader to National Geographic Explorer. How did you go from one to another? Yeah. That's, that's fascinating. <laughs> I just, I was just always sort of adventurous. Even going into cheerleading was adventurous because I'd never been a cheerleader before. It made no sense. But I was a huge football fan, and I wanted, you know, the very best front row tickets to the Dolphins games. And so I auditioned to be a Miami Dolphins cheerleader, and lo and behold, uh, I got in. <laughs> and so for four years, I did have the best seats in the house, and it was a lot of fun. But then I was in college. I was going to the University of Miami, and I took a class in anthropology, and we were talking about primates and how many of them were on the verge of extinction and you know we we knew very little about them and i just had this aha moment watching gorillas in the mist where i thought this is what i want to do for the rest of my life at the time i'd never left the country in fact i'd never even been camping because my overprotective cuban mom said that joining the girl scouts was way too dangerous when i was a kid so i set off for one of the most remote uh unexplored regions of the amazon on my very first trek out, and that was it. I, I just, I never looked back. Are you an only child? Do you mind me asking that? I, I am. What gave it yeah, away? Yeah, I could tell. <laughs> because your mother loves you so much and just wants to, well, I'm she can't lovable. lord over you because she's a woman. <laughs> yeah, you're lovable. That's it. Well, Mario, that's exactly the deal. You're very lovable. See, I, I actually really, really like that about, my mother was very protective too. I grew up a nice little Catholic boy with my mother kind of lording over us all. And so I know exactly what you're talking about. There were seven of us, but uh, yeah, it was the same situation. Wow, it's like, she well, has, I got me beat. Yeah. I have six. Oh, you have six? Really? I do. What? I had That's... I had my first little girl uh, 14 years ago and then wanted her to have siblings because I had been an only child. And so had another mm-hmm. little girl. And then I had this idea that, you know, I would love to have a little boy. And so I had twin girls, <laughs> so that put me up to four. Anyway, eventually had the boy, but I have six. <laughs> well, see, that's wonderful. Well, you lived your dream, so your, your husband's all in, I'm assuming. He's all in. I don't know if he realizes he has a choice in the matter, but yes, he is all in. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a possibility. I understand that thing, absolutely. He's incredibly supportive, and, and the kids are as well, and... You know, they've been really into the the Expedition Bigfoot series, and they constantly want to know what's happening ahead. But I told them they got to watch along with everybody else. I can't give anything away. <laughs> so I have them both. You know, Mariah, well, you're making us all look bad here because basically you have a TV show, you have a book, you're raising six children. I guess the rest of us are kind of slackers. And, and I haven't told you my, my latest role. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm, I'm ready. Not trying to show, I'm not trying to show off, but I do feel I need to say this. I'm now yeah, sure. the Director of Science and Exploration Communications at Florida International University. So it's almost really? like all of my passions combined because, you know, my, my love of science and exploration, but also I feel like it's really important to communicate that science and get people aware and caring about the environment and all of these um, habitat issues and, and wildlife issues. And so it's almost like all of my loves combined into this position, which I just took on in August. So uh, FIU is in, is that in Boca? Where is that? It's in Miami. Oh, it's right in so Miami. I'm okay. Back, I'm actually back where it all started. I grew up in Little Havana in Miami, and now I'm, I'm very much back home and in my oh, element. God, how great and is that? And speaking Spanish and having tostadas and cafecito. It's great. You need to accomplish more, though. I really think that a book and a TV show and six kids and, you know, being the director, you need, you need to get up and get something done, Maria. I'm just telling you. I need to get you, on just, somebody's cool 
podcast or radio show, I think, to really feel this, right? I'm a bit of an underachiever that way. <laughs> it all works out in the end. That is a great area down there, by the way, that whole situation. I have a uh, matter of fact, um, do you know any of the, uh, the radio people? You know who Paul Castronovo is? I, I know who that Paul is, and- yes. Oh yeah, because he's a good friend of mine. He, he has been the uh, he had, well was called Paul and Young Ron for a long, long time. Then Young Ron retired. I, I grew but up listening Paul, to those guys, of course. Did you? Really, are you going to be on Paul's show? You should be. I, can you make a connection? Yes, I can absolutely do that. No question right. about it. Then I will I, call I him and I give am, him your yeah. phone number. <laughs> <laughs> then I think I am. Yes. <laughs> You know, it's interesting about that. The demographics of Miami now are fascinating. Do you know the demographics of Miami, the city? It's like 99% Cuban. Well, it's 70% Spanish, 20% black, and 10% white. It's really, and the reason, only reason I bring that up at all, the only reason I bring that up at all is because the cultural changes that happen because of that uh, to radio, to television, to magazines, newspaper, to all that stuff, it changes uh, quite a bit. It's pretty interesting. It, it is. And, I mean, when you're in Miami, it does feel, uh, it, it, it feels different than the rest of the, the United States. Yeah. Uh, yep, in a great it way. Does. Don't get me wrong. In a great way. Uh, but I really do love the, the diversity here. And like I said, for me, I mean, I grew up Spanish with my first language. It just mm-hmm. feels to home the, the second I touch down. So, yeah, I'm really loving it here. And the university Plus is incredibly can... diverse as well. A lot of the students, it's mm-hmm. the first time that they um, that somebody in their family has gone to, to college, um, who's graduating. So it's also a really sort of exciting place to be, to see that change. Oh, that it is. Growth. Plus you get to go to Joe's Crab, which I'm jealous of. Oh, I haven't been there in the last few months, and yes, I, I should. I need to. You have a hookup there, too? <laughs> you need to get... Can Paul set that up? <laughs> yes, we can. We'll t- hey, look, Maria, you're covered now from now on. Now that no, no, we know this. We uh, Well, my fam- our family spends time in uh, West Palm Beach every winter. And uh, I've always, that whole lot, first of all, well, I was going to talk about, you know, growing up and watching the whole thing on TV. Uh, because I'm that age, you're far too young to know about this. But Jackie Gleason... He did so. You know who Jackie Gleason even is? We have a Jackie Gleason theater here, don't we? Yeah, that's him. That is, that's Jackie yeah. Gleason. But he he literally took Miami and put it on the television map because he would take a train from New York down to Miami to do his shows every year. He did so much to develop Miami; it was unbelievable. It was. Uh, it's a great area. We Catherine and I spend time down in Miami, and it, well, we went to Cuba last year. As I said, we 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 went on a cruise ship out of uh, Miami. Miami. It was great. It was wonderful. Great. But i got to tell you something. I brought this up by coincidence because I didn't know you were going to be. I do a morning show in town as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in any case, I, I brought this up earlier that when Catherine and I were in Cuba, I was sitting talking to a guy. We were having lunch one day or whatever. I was sitting there talking to this guy, and he was all happy. This Cuban man was all happy. He was in a great mood. And I said, oh, you're happy. You got a high guy today. Everything's going pretty well. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I'm very, very excited. And I'm very, very grateful to the, to the president because he's allowed me to get another job. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, I have two jobs now. They've allowed me to get two jobs. And I said, wow. you're happy because you're allowed to work twice as hard. <laughs> but he was. Yeah, he was very happy that's about it. Their salaries are so low there. Yeah. Twenty the bucks a month. Are really low. I mean, doctors there, I think, make something like twenty to thirty dollars a month, and that's um, correct. And that's the and and that's the the, the high end, most <laughs> most accomplished of of the doctors there. And people stand in line uh, for hours to get food, and by the same time they get to their turn, a lot of times they've run out. So yeah, it's a it's a difficult mm-hmm. situation. So I, I could understand why somebody would be happy to. To, to work more, I suppose. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what, you should be proud of your heritage. They're wonderful people, very, very friendly people. You can find a good-looking so. Cuban, too, by the way. Do you, you ever notice that? What's that? That there are good-looking Cubans? Yeah, sure, lots of them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can. <laughs> it's not that hard to find one. Uh, had a great time, but in any case, ladies and gentlemen, Maria Mayor, it's spelled as Mayor, M-A-Y-O-R, 
uh, the TV show, Expedition Bigfoot on Travel Channel. New episodes every Sunday at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Central. The book is called Pink Boots and a Machete, My Journey from NFL Cheerleader to National Geographic Explorer. If you want to take classes, FIU is the place to go. And what other jobs do you have? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I'm part of the National Geographic Speakers Bureau, so I go around the country giving lectures. In fact, I'm going to be in Montana this weekend in Billings, Montana, giving a, a National Geographic Live Series lecture. And uh, I sometimes, I'm, I'm a soccer mom. I mean, that's a job, too. I oh, yeah. <laughs> so I wear, I well, wear a lot of hats, that's for sure. Well, tell your mother she did a great job raising her daughter. Thank you. I will. She's All a right. Thank you very much. Woman who, who led by example. Thank you so much. Well, have a great day. You too. Take care. M- bye bye. Maria Mayor, ladies and gentlemen, will be back with the family. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Start the new year looking great and feel even better by losing 20 to 40 pounds with help from my friends at Ultimate, powered by Nutramost. It's Tom, and I'm thrilled to let you know that for a very limited time, you'll receive 20 to 30% off all programs with Ultimate's New Year's resolution sale. Do what I did and let Dan and Neil Sheehy and the staff at Ultimate help you change your relationship with food forever. With the help of Ultimate, I lost 41 pounds and another 42 pounds in each of my two 40-day programs. Debbie P. from Anoka lost 31 pounds in 43 days. Cheryl S. of Webster lost 36 pounds in 43 days. And Ron D. from Lakeville lost 57 pounds in just 43 days. Live your healthiest life starting today. Schedule an immediate consultation and receive 20 to 30% off all programs for a limited time. Call Ultimate, powered by Nutramost. 763-333-7337. 763-333-7337. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Not quite. What is this? Oh, this is Lick My Butt? Yes, it is. What? What's it at? Alex goes, what? Were you out of the room earlier when he was talking about no, Mozart? No, I, st- I just am still very confused about the whole thing. Oh, yeah, he had a bunch of songs like that. He had songs about, like, Knocking shitting Knocking. in the bed and, you know. <laughs> Apparently he was a weirdo. So he has, he has Fawn Rasmussen humor. No. Yeah, he does, actually. I guess. That's <laughs> right, he's Fawn Rasmussen. Poop. My goodness. This next song, ladies and gentlemen, is called Poop. Poop on the ground. Poop on the ceiling. Poop on the ground. Poop in the It's lamp. all true. <laughs> all true, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. We're just uh, kind of slogging. She was a great guest, though. How, what a pleasant person. Do you think she's achieved a little bit in her life? Jeez, how much coffee does she drink? My God. She must have to move, drink a lot of coffee, keep moving as hard as she's moving, no doubt about it. NFL cheerleader, and now she's a professor. That's yeah. pretty good. You know. Yeah, PhD. It's not, not easy to come by. Not at all, then no question about it. They, uh, eh, what are you going to do? So, uh, uh-oh, we got uh, Iran State TV anchors of, are being forced out of their jobs for, you know what they're, why they're being forced out of their jobs? No. They're being forced out because they lied to the people. How many Ooh. news anchors would be on national television if they had to quit over lying to the people? For real. Uh, all of them? There'd be none left. There'd be <laughs> nobody left. left. There wouldn't. There wouldn't be one single news anchor left. I thought our job was to lie. Well, it is. That's what their job... There, There is no question their job is to lie. You got to get that message out there because we'll make more money and we'll buy... Uh, you know, people buy more ads if you, if you get it out there. Get them freaked out. Two anchors for Iranian state TV have quit amid growing fear over the drowning of a Ukrainian... Or downing, excuse me. It says drowning here. Hmm. They meant downing, but it actually says in na- national press. 
It says the drowning of a Ukrainian jetliner. Mm. Oh, God. It's getting worse by the day, man. Thank you for accepting me as anchor until today, said Zara Katami, formerly of the Islamic Republic of Iran Broadcasting. I just call it IRIB. That's what I call it, the Islamic Republic of Iran Broadcasting. I will never get back to TV. Forgive me. Another Sabah Rod also thanked supporters and said her 21-year career in journalism was over. I cannot continue my work in the media. I cannot. A third presenter, Jalare Jabare, posted on Instagram that she had quit a while ago. It was very hard for me to believe that our people have been killed, she wrote. Forgive me that I got to know this late, and forgive me for the 13 years I told you lies. Jeez. Oh, wow. they better move. Yeah. You better move out of the country, man. Come to America. I just love that. And what do we hear? We hear lies on our yeah, networks. We love liars. Here. A lot of them about how uh, this current administration has got us on the road to World War Three. Mm-hmm. No, they don't. They've been saying that since I was a kid, though. World War Three was always just around the corner. Just around the corner. Look, I am not a big fan of any of them. So that's I'm not trying to defend. He's the president of the United States, so I will honor him because he's the president, right? Doesn't mean I have to like his, his business practices and all the rest of it. But to get on TV and tell people they should be terribly fearful because World War III is about to start mm-hmm. is disgusting. Because you're making money doing it, and that's the only reason you're doing it. Because people will, f- will flock to you to hear anything negative about America. Ralph, when did that all start? Oh, People love to hear negative things about their own country. Uh, I, maybe forever. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> maybe forever. Everybody wants okay, to, negative, well. want to hear negative things. They don't want to hear positive things. Uh, it, it doesn't resonate. I don't know why it doesn't resonate with people. You know, people don't want to hear, oh, you know, yeah, there's a little bit of global uh, global climate change. But, you know, it's not that big a deal. You know, we were going to do just fine, and technological improvements will uh, correct this over right. time. Right. No one wants to hear that. They want to hear, oh, no, we're all going to die in 10 years. Well, it's the same reason people, when they watch TV, they want to see drama, violence, action. They don't want to see they do, just, like, yeah. you know, happy people being happy because – it's more How exciting dumb. to be, you know, in the middle of a crisis constantly. So the problem we have now is that people in America, at least, are born in a very peaceful time. Not a yep. whole lot's going wrong. But mm-hmm. the entirety of school history is about tragedies and atrocities and wars and everything like that. Right. And so right. that's, you know, they're, they want to be like the... Nazi hunting heroes from World War II, where they want to be the That's British, exactly you right. Know, fighting the yep. Redcoats. They want to be Paul Revere, but you can't because there's no real war going on right now. So they wish for it to happen so they can become a hero. Do you think that playing video games has, has uh, also increased people's uh, anxiety and therefore made them more mean and hateful? Video games, no. Movies and TV, yes. I well, think, I, I, it's think all the same. I think when CNN started their 24-hour news cycle yeah, and exactly. having to jump on a story and have a big story all the time mm-hmm. to keep their news cycle going, I think that's what started the but whole I, thing. I have a question for you about that, uh, and you could all—I'd like to hear all of your take on this situation. I watched television for eight years when President Obama was president. He never did anything wrong ever as far as CNN was concerned. No. Now it's been three years going in our fourth year of watching Donald Trump, and he has never, ever done anything right. Well, now you know their political affiliation. But how can anyone believe anything they say if, that, if that's your, your history? Why would I ever believe anything you say? Well, because they believe that a... Obama never did anything wrong, and they believe that Donald yeah. Trump oh, never God, did anything oh, right. God. It's disgusting. They're human. They're both human. They did things very poorly and did things well. What's the problem here? Well, it was just like when we were over at our friend's house the other day and you told this younger man that you were a centrist and he said, oh, that just means you're a Republican. Yeah. Did you hear about that? Oh. Sounds about right. That's about right. There was a young kid. He asked me my my political affiliation. I said, I'm a centrist. He goes, oh, you're a Republican. I said, no, 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 I'm not Republican. I'm a centrist. He goes, well, if you're not progressive, you're a Republican. Yeah, that's what a lot of young people believe. That's well, what that's he thought. that's what they are told to say. I mean, it's, but, it's become a cult. And it's, it's not true. That Richie Gervais went through the same thing. 
He's, oh, he, he was wonderful. God, he was wonderful. He's been accused of the same thing. He being he being a conservative. He's no more conservative than I don't know. Not at no. all. Yeah, the, he's like the most anti-Christian person in the universe. But which I, I've never understood that one either. So, uh, if you're anti-religion is one thing, to, but to pick one out to to point at. Uh, most often, I'd probably pick the one out where they kill gay people and uh, murder women for driving a car. Well, it's because that's Christians the religion don't I don't fight care. back is the thing. At least in yeah, America, that's right. they don't. <clears throat> that's you can exactly say whatever right. you want about Christianity in America, and no one's going to do anything about it. But, you know, if you say anything just, bad about pretty much any other religion, you're going to get piled on. Yeah, you are. I probably wouldn't, uh, you know, cause, because... There was a bit of furor because they, in some, I don't even remember where the hell it was, but they made Jesus a gay man in their play or Brazil. movie or whatever it was. It was Brazil? Yeah, that's right. It was Brazil. I wonder how they would have fared had they made Muhammad gay. Yeah, for real. You think any of them would still be alive? Because I don't think they would be. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, how, how uh, Seriously, how hypocritical are you that one religion is better than the other I don't understand. I just don't get it. Yes, Christians did go out throughout the world and, and murder people, too. Every religion has pretty much done that, and, hasn't it? And every religion continues to do that. <laughs> yeah, they I mean, pretty I much mean, do. That, the, it's too bad. I know. It, it is. It, and I always pick up, put out, point out that the Buddhists are killing them, the, the, yeah. the, yep. the um, Rohingyas, which are, which are Muslim. I mean, it, yep. it, 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 every religion is, has that element to it. The whole point is to try to get away from that, you know, to get that out of it. All the belief system it makes no sense. Yeah. That's why so many religious groups try to go to the top of a mountain and be left alone. But nope, somebody just got to go up that mountain and yeah. kill mess, them. Mess it up for them. <laughs> just have to. The only thing I've ever killed in my life is my wife's spirit. Yeah, I know. It's crushed. It. You haven't there you go. crushed it. Crushed it. <laughs> I haven't killed it yet, but I've crushed it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great. At issue was Iran's initial denial that it shot down the plane, killing all 176 people on board, and anti-government demonstrations that ensued when the truth came out. Some news outlets close uh, to the regime are even reporting on the protests now, and the Association of Iranian Journalists says the country is undergoing a funeral for public trust. Speaking on BBC Radio, a commentator for the nation's state-run TV said, There is little trust in the government and people want more freedom. The lies they said about the shooting down of the airplane have lost public interest, or public trust, excuse me. To be fair, some Iranian media outlets engaged in debates over government policies, but Reporters Without Borders says independent journalists there are subjected to intimidation, arbitrary arrest, and long, long jail sentences. But we're the bad guys. Let's not forget that. I'm... That, that Khomeini or whatever the hell, what's the guy's name? Soleimani. He was a national hero. Well, you know what, CNN? No, he was not. You lied yet again. Am I, I am impressed, though, that the Iranian people are doing this. Yeah, I am, too. And I didn't know that this was something that was even allowed. I thought they, well, they would just all be shot. Well, they were putting their lives on the line, I'll yeah. tell you that. So this is very brave. I agree. You'd, you'd have to honor the Iranian people because they're they're stepping up, going, "You lied to us." I wish Americans would do this. This I wish Americans would would parade through the streets and go, "You you politicians need to stop lying to us and and controlling the media with your dog shit." Would never work here. Well, they Why do not? because fifty percent of the people believe the lies and fifty percent yeah. of the people that uh, don't, and then you'd be fighting amongst each other, and disgusting. you know you don't know what the truth is in America anymore. They do protest, disgusting. but it's. Like it's on, it's disorganized. Just like I hate this side for no particular yeah. reason. Kind of protesting. Yeah. Let me be honest with you. I don't hate. I don't hate any religion. I don't hate any sides. I don't hate any political party. I I don't want to go through my life hating some. That's all people do is talk about their hatred for something. Now. Yep. You want to live like that? Not me. Yeah, me either. It's Anyone a, else? It's, a, it's sort of a belief system based on hatred. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is based on hatred. And by the way, you'd never talk like that to somebody's face, would you? You'll do it on Twitter. You'll do it on the news. But you'd never stand face to face with somebody and go after him like that because you're a coward. Right. Yeah, it's it's uh, uh, social media that gives a voice to uh, spineless people. It does. 
It's really too bad that they're, they're going to have to. Andy, do you think they'll ever do something about that? The fact that people attack others and try to ruin their lives. Why is that allowed? Mm-hmm. They've been doing that forever. Okay. Are you going to stop it with free speech? <clears throat> oh, God. We want free speech. How much more time we got, Andy? Is that everything? It's 1 o'clock. Uh, I mean, technically, I think we have a few minutes left. Let's see here. Mm-hmm. Oh, do we? We have about <laughs> four minutes. Oh, do we really? Yes. That's the ticket, ladies and gentlemen. Now we got Warren. Uh, Elizabeth Warren says that Bernie Sanders told her a woman couldn't possibly win the presidency. <laughs> he says he didn't say it. Bernie. So she said something. He said something. Now those two kids are at each other's throats, and I hope they both live through it. Because aren't they both like 85 Why don't they run on the same ticket? Uh, she's got Andrew Yang as her running mate. I don't know who Bernie's is. They could co-president. They could start the first co-presidency. The co-presidency. That would be the way to do it. I don't know. I, I really don't. Well, whatever. Yeah, I that's, don't really that's understand That's not how the Constitution is set up. We don't have well, co-presidency. They're going to change everything anyway. So start now. it's not going to be. Yeah, Seems I mean, like it. They might as well. Seems like the that's the situation. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. We just amend Change the Change everything. And Elizabeth are at it, at each other's throats. Man. Oh, oh yeah, they hate one another now. If either of them got elected, I don't think they would be alive in eight years. So, I don't know. No. They don't. Probably, well, Bernie. Well, Bernie wouldn't be. Yeah, probably. Bernie is. I don't know. A very sickly looking man. I don't what know. is he? Eighty something. Warren might be okay. How old? He's is he? eighty something, isn't he, Bernie? Let's see here. Bernie I think Elizabeth's Sanders. like eighty-one or something. He is. Oh, gee. He's only 78. Yikes. No, he's not. That's he's what in his says. 80s. Yeah, they shaved a few years off. Well, how old is Elizabeth Warren? Is she 80? She's only 70. She's 70. No, she I can see that. She's 80. Well, she uh, maybe it's her Native American blood that keeps her youthful looking. <laughs> well, I mean, look at Bush pre-presidency. Post presidency. Oh, yeah. Look at Obama oh, pre presidency. Yeah. Post- oh, you age 20 years being the president. So, I mean, you, you start do. at 80, yep. you're going to end at 100. Not good. Yeah, well, that's, a, that's very, very true. There's no question about that. So, I don't know. We'll. Uh, We'll keep an eye on those kids, Bernie and Elizabeth, see if they can get along. What are we down to now? Like six people, seven people for the Democratic Party? I have no idea. In the in the debates I'm talking about, I think it's seven. And what I notice about that is three of them are billionaires. That's not good news. I'm just here to tell you nope. that the billionaires are come pretty soon. So basically, you have a billionaire who's the president of the United States right now. You have a billionaire, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House. Uh, they claim whenever they talk about her wealth, they talk about her personal wealth, but her husband's a billionaire too. So they got to add that part together. So are you know the Republicans I mean? just not going to put anyone up against Trump? No. No, it's not going to happen. The The stock market was up over 29,000 again today. The jobs are really in good shape. The economy is kicking ass. There's no oh, doubt about did that. Did anybody see what those bank reports, the banks were, the big banks were all supposed to be very happy, They're too. all very, very happy about They put about out something. some reports, yeah. but yeah, I didn't probably see track what they it were. Down. <laughs> we got two minutes. We could probably track it down. Bank reports? You know, they, you know, no one... You know, I, I, I ran into a Canadian when I was on vacation, and he said, what do you think of Trump? And I said, well, you know, the economy's really pretty good. First words out of his mouth. Well, that's all Obama. Mm. Obama did that. So if I ever oh go my to God. country, I am going to straight-faced deny ever her, having heard of Trump. She's going to be like, who? Donald what? <laughs> Donald Trump? What kind of a name is Ooh. Trump? What is a president? that's very smart andy very smart all right we'll leave it at that have a great day we'll see you tomorrow with the family